Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Today we are going to be turning our eyes towards the political situation here in Israel. I should say political insecurity and the policies because a lot of Israelis are really upset with the present government under Naftali Bennett, Prime Minister Naftali Bennett. He has approximately, uh, I think there are elections today, three seats out of 120 and yet he's leading the country. And he's leading it not just with a minority of support, but also supported by the left, the super left, I should say, the heavy left, the ultra left here in Israel, as well, may I say it, dare I say it, the enemies of Israel, the Arabs who are living here who do not even believe in the state of Israel. The Arab parties that are in the Knesset do not support a Jewish state. In fact, one of the Knesset members has a picture of Yasser Arafat, arch-terrorist, in his office. This is the government today, the government coalition, where they were able to garner enough seats with some votes from the right, which was Naftali Bennett's party, and the left and the center, because everybody, you know, why would even the center want to sit with these people, these Arabs and these ultra-left wingers? Why would they want to sit together with them in a coalition? Because they want power. Because they rationalize themselves. Well, you know, better that we're in anybody but Bibi. Just get Bibi out. This is going to be good. We're going to, you know, be a real democracy. And they rationalize themselves to themselves how this is going to be good. But we see what's happening. We see that terror attacks have renewed itself at a frenzy lately under this government and how it's being handled worse than under BB because if Bennett doesn't do the right thing in the eyes of his Arab, excuse me, his Arab coalition partners, his whole house of cards government can go toppling down. If they don't like what he's doing, What, you punished our Arabs? They are freedom fighters. They are not terrorists. Whatever it is, he can lose his government. We're going to be right back. How did a nice Jewish girl from Delaware end up living in Israel? Shalom. I'm Natalie Sapinski. Join me on my show, Returning Home. Meet different people who have moved to Israel. Hear their personal stories, their highs, their lows, and everything in between. Each week, we talk to experts on immigration and the process of moving to Israel. Listen to Returning Home every Thursday, only on Israel News Talk Radio. We're back here at the Tamar Yono Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And today we're talking about a community 
in Israel, uh, used to be a community in Israel, still trying to be as well. It's called Chomesh. And uh, recently there was a terror attack several days ago there that took the life of a 25-year-old young man uh, whose name whose name was Yehuda Dementman, a young father, and it wounded two more people. It was a shooting attack. And the response of the Israeli government under the Bennett, Naftali Bennett coalition was, of course, pathetic. A lot of Israelis are very, very upset at the weakness, not only because justice wasn't um, made here, but also because it is not a solution. There is just going to, uh, in fact, uh, the, the response of the government has most likely emboldened the terrorists because not only did they just get an arrest, which was a w- big deal, because these people are willing to die for their cause, but also in response, the Israeli government went in and bulldozed down the yeshiva that they were learning in, in Chomesh. And people are scratching their heads here, wondering, this is a gift to the terrorists. This is exactly what the terrorists want. And you're giving it to them. Instead of bulldozing down Jewish settlements and Jewish yeshivas where these young men were learning, we should be building more and more and more as response to, to, to uh, detract, to try to deter terrorism, showing that if you do something, five times more it's going to mushroom up. Instead... They got their wish, and it was like a gift and a present to them. Well, another angry person uh, wrote about this as well. His name is Shalom Pollock, and he is my guest for today. He is a certified Israeli tour guide and the author of the book Jews, Israelis, and Arabs, an observer's view of Israel's shifting society, which was inspired by the places he had come to know intimately and the varied people he guided in four different languages. Shalom Pollock also served in the Israeli Defense Forces as a reservist for 10 years, and he also worked as a print and radio journalist. He's here with us today to talk about, as I said, Prime Minister Naftali Bennett's government's handling of the terror attack, which took the life of Yehuda Demetman, a young father, and two more people that were wounded. And this happened just several days ago near the uh, Jewish settlement. Re- I like to say resettlement because we're back there after 2,000 years uh, of Chomesh, which is located in the northern Sumerian region of Israel. You can look it up on the map. Uh, Bennett's response to this murderous attack, as I said, he arrested the terrorists there. Now he didn't have to do anything else to quell the masses. What did he say afterward? He said, we will catch these terrorists. But that's not the answer. It's not just to catch them. You want to destroy the terrorist cells. You want to deter terrorism for the future. But nothing was done by Bennett to deter or prevent a, God forbid, next terror attack that is possibly waiting. In fact, he emboldened the terrorists in many people's views. So uh, here we have Shalom Pollock, who also wrote an article about this that he just sent out to people calling it Chomesh. So I want to welcome to the show Shalom Pollock. Good morning, Tamar. You've uh, you've said a mouthful. You've said you said a lot about the background of uh, the tragedy that is Chomesh today. Um, in fact, uh, I was there a few days ago when uh, 15,000 wonderful Jews came out 
to protest the, uh, the, the murder of Jews that happens all too frequently and the, um, the uh, destruction of Chomesh and the barring of Jews to return and rebuild. And in this case, this young man who was murdered was one of 50 young men who were studying Torah in a makeshift yeshiva on the hilltop that was Chomesh amid the rubble that the Israeli army uh, created when they destroyed Chomesh in 2005 in the, in the terrible expulsion of tens of thousands of Jews from their homes as part of the so-called disengagement, Gaza and northern Samaria. So there are Jews who refuse to say, we accept the fact that this community in the land of Israel is no more. We, ex we refuse to accept the fact that Jewish people and, and Jewish Torah will not be on that hill anymore. And since uh, 2005, the, there are some young men who have had a presence on that hilltop amongst the rubble, learning Torah. And every once in a while, the uh, Israeli authorities will come up and expel them, destroy their, their uh, structures, and they keep returning, as is the case in many places on the hilltops in Samaria and Judea. Young people go up there, and despite these, the Israeli government's policies, uh, they say, you know, Jews should be everywhere in the land, and um, there is a big ideological conflict going on for years. Just a word of background of, of, of the rubble of Chomesh, if your audience may remember, 2005 was a very, very traumatic time when uh, the Prime Minister Sharon, who quite unexpectedly, all of a sudden, decided to wipe out uh, dozens of Jewish thriving villages and towns in the Gaza area, Gush Katif, and to throw in a few more in Samaria, four more villages in northern Samaria in empty areas, in Gaza, they explained, well, there are a lot of Arabs there. We can't, we can't defend you, which was um, uh, it's, it's not, not a very good argument at all, but we won't get into that now. And in northern Samaria, there were very few Arabs, and th that argument did not even hold any water. And yet they just threw it in. Four more, four more villages, let's destroy them too. Absolutely no reason, not even an attempt at a reason for destroying those. And one of those four is Chomesh, and uh, there is rubble there today, and there are Jews who want to renew that Jewish village that was established, by the way, in 1980. Um, and so I remember I, I attended a, a march there some years ago, uh, similar to the one I attended a few days ago. But the one, the one a few days ago came on the, on the heels of the murder of this young man and an appeal by his widow, who was left with a baby. And after the seven days of mourning, she said, please join me at Chomesh. Um, I appeal to the people of Israel to join me in, a, in remembering my husband and his dream of, of reconstructing the village of Chomesh and at, for at least at the very beginning, allow the yeshiva to function without being, being attacked by the Israeli authorities from time to time. And 15,000 wonderful people were there on a cold, rainy day. We trudged up a, a hill to get to Chomesh, and it was quite an experience. The government, as you mentioned, uh, Tamar, um, did not um, respond to the appeal of the widow. 
the young woman. But uh, instead of raising the village from where these terrorists were spawned and raised and supported and made heroes, they did the opposite. They bulldozed the yeshiva. And by the way, walking up the hill, I noticed it was pointed out to me that the Israeli authorities dug a fresh ditch right across the road going up to prevent Jews from, from coming back to Chomesh to keep that hill Yudin Rhine. And a young man was standing next to that big ditch on a little hill, hillock, and he was with a megaphone telling people passing by, throw stones into this ditch. Let's fill up the ditch. They build the ditch. We fill it up. We will come back to Chomesh. I was so impressed with this man's leadership and vigor. And people just threw stones into that, that big ditch, that fresh ditch dug by the Israeli authorities. It's amazing how the state of Israel, its, its politics, its authorities, its, its, its security forces are, up, are against a few little lights like Hanukkah lights, pure lights who will not go out. And I felt so honored to be there that day, a few days ago, with the most special people in the country. They will lead the country one day. 90% of the 15,000 people were teenagers. And they were serious. They were full of, full of good spirit, serious young people. There was, there was no flirting, no intermingling. The girls and the boys came there for a reason. There were... Uh, young families with, 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 with carriages carrying babies in hand and, and pushing up that hill in the rain. There were older people with walking sticks. I will never forget that scene, and I'm so honored that I was part of it just a few days ago. Yeah, we, we call that Amcha. That's like the, the real nation of Israel. I just want to, we were, we're going to break in just a few seconds, but Shalom. Did this story of 15,000 people in the rain walking towards the community or the, 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 um, the, the former community of Chomesh, did it make the top news stories at all? Did you see it in the news? It wasn't the top headline, That's but right. uh, it, was in the, it was in the news. It was in the news. Um, I don't watch the TV, but I hear the radio. And it, in the radio, uh, I did hear it. Um, Most of this, though, you have to get on the social media. You, the, the big uh, media companies are just, it's not a story for them. The settlers are not a story for them. The people who support settlement and Jews living everywhere in Israel, it's not a big story for them, and you have to get it on the social media. All right, when we get back, we have to go to a break in just another few seconds. When we get back, I'm going to ask uh, Shalom Pollock why. Why he thinks that the government is so weak and, and handling uh, a, a murder and a terror attack with a, such a response and the future of this government and the future of the Am, the, the, the Amcha, the nation of Israel. So again, we're speaking with Shalom Pollock. We're talking about a terror attack that took place several days ago with the killing of a young 25-year-old young father and um, two others that were wounded in a shooting attack and the response of the Israeli government. We're going to be right back. Shalom, everybody. Making a difference often takes just one moment and one person at a time. I'm Orly Benny Davis, your show host on Israel News Talk Radios from Jerusalem with love. You'll be hearing people talking about politics, religion, social issues, and making a better tomorrow. 
Join me, Orly Benny Davis, for God and Country. From Jerusalem with love. Wednesdays on Israel News Talk Radio. back here at the Tamar Yuna Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. We're talking about the weak uh, Israeli government's response under the Naftali Bennett government of a terror attack that took place several days ago here in Israel in the northern Sumerian region of Chomish. And a young father, 25-year-old Yehuda Demetman, was killed, tragically killed. Two others were wounded in a shooting attack by terrorists. The Israeli government, sadly, under Naftali Bennett, uh, did not respond strongly, which is an encouragement and an emboldenment for the terrorists in many Israelis' opinions, because they see that not only was, I mean, again, what was the consequence? So the Israeli uh, government arrested, they found them and they arrested them. But these are people, we have to understand, they don't think like you and I do. These are people who are willing to die for their cause. So being arrested and going to an Israeli prison where they get three meals a day, they get conjugal visits with their wives, they get uh, free Israeli college education. Many of these uh, terrorists graduate and get degrees, and then they're let out in the next uh, prisoner exchange, and they come out being uh, with master's degrees and doctorates, etc. And this doesn't... Um, uh, make them more establishment, by the way. It just makes them smarter and more educated terrorists. In any case, you know, why, why, uh, why not? Why not? And here we have uh, Shalom Pollock. He's a tour guide here in Israel, and he's been writing some articles on this. He was in Chomish, and I wanted to ask you, um, Shalom, you know, I was in Chomish also. I was there in 2005. I was actually covering it as a journalist for uh, Arut Sheva when I was working there. And I was uh, slept there with the uh, the good Amcha, as we said, people, the, the nation of Israel who came there to try to defend it, mostly young people who uh, went there and tried to fight off the destruction of the community. But in the end, of course, you had Israeli forces against a bunch of, uh, you know, younger people and, and uh, of course, the forces with their training are going to win, and they did. In the end, uh, Jews were able to go back to Chomish in a very limited way, where they uh, built a yeshiva, they were studying there, a terror attack happens, a shooting attack, they kill, and then what does the Israeli government do? Instead of saying, okay, because you did that, we're going to build two more uh, communities for Jews, or three more Jewish communities, and this is going to be the answer to every time you try to kill a Jew and, and to stop us from settling our God-given land, and it, literally it is our God-given land. What does the, the Naftali Bennett government do? It destroys its own yeshiva. A yeshiva is an institute of higher Torah learning. This is what we do to ourselves. We are our own worst enemies in so many cases. Um, so, Shalom, in your opinion, as someone who marched there several days ago in the rain with the widow of Yehuda Demetman, uh, how do you feel the Israeli government's response was? Well, before I address that, I'd like to say a word about uh, prison and in Israel, terrorists in prison. You mentioned all the goodies they get in prison. And by the way, I was a prison guard some years ago during my reserve duty. I saw this up front, very close. 
But one of the things you did not mention was the fact that they're being paid, pay for, pay for slay. They're being paid to kill Jews and attack Jews. And while they sit in jail, their bank account grows. And when they, when they get out, they are very, very wealthy and very, and, and very, very prominent people. This so, is very true. And American taxes go towards that, by the way. When, you're, when America supports the PLO, the, the Palestinian Authority, then the, uh, they're paying their terrorists and their families money while he's sitting in jail. Go ahead. Yeah, and our own government just gave them a half a billion shekel loan to the Palestinian Authority to, to solve their physical problems while they're spending money to, to pay people to kill Jews. All right, I don't understand that, but okay. Anyway, um, back to your question about the government. Um, this government, which is half a year old now, was put together um, by Naftali Bennett, who has only six seats in the Knesset out of 120. That means he has close to zero support to be prime minister in Israel, which is a first. Yeah, I think they said if there were elections today, he'd only get three seats, but go ahead. Okay, and... Um, so what is this government? This government is made, made up of, of three or four basic components. One, you have people like Bennett and Gidon Saar, who have two small, supposedly right-wing parties that were traditional allies of the right-wing coalition, but because of their personal agenda against Netanyahu and their personal um, desire for power, they um, did not allow a right-wing government to be formed. They bolted and they formed another government with um, extreme leftists, post-Zionist, post-Jewish people, like, like in Meretz and, and, and Labor Party, with the Jews and Arabs together who um, hate the idea of a Jewish country. Uh, you have the Muslim Brotherhood Party of Abbas, the, for the very first time in Israeli history, a, an Arab anti anti-Israel party is allowed into the coalition and given lavish gifts for their support. There's only 61 seats in the, in the coalition. That means if one person bolts, there's no government and everybody has to be satisfied, including the Hamas uh, uh, supporters in the government, which is a, a precedent. And, and the results we see daily and hourly, how we're losing, we're losing it to the, to these Arabs. So, um, um, the government is not going to uh, act with a firm hand against against Arab terrorists. Um, when you've got in the government, people who are watching very carefully that the government not be too um, too strong vis-a-vis -vis the Arabs. So this is a unique situation. Of course, I would add that um, since the government in 2005 destroyed Chomesh, other Israeli governments headed by other people had the opportunity to rebuild Chomesh and allow Jews to stay there and, and study there. They didn't do it. So they're not guiltless. But this government cannot do anything else but because they are the, 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 their throats are throttled by, by a um, Muslim Brotherhood government and post-Zionist, post-Jewish leftists. So um, I don't see any um, hope for anything better in the near future until this government falls, and how can it fall? One way would be if there is another, I wouldn't call it a war, another heating up of the situation in Gaza, which happens every few years, it'll definitely happen again, or the northern border. And when Israel 
uh, reacts, now you'll have a uh, Muslim Brotherhood party in the government, which is going to throttle the Israeli response. And that could be a real situation, a real um, uh, serious uh, disaster for the Israeli government, and it may fall then. That's just speculation. But for the near future, nothing very good is going to happen. And these, and these beautiful people are going to keep the spirit alive with their presence, with their voice, hopefully not with their blood. You know, uh, it's almost like we need the Arabs to save us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm really stretching that one out. All right, you wanted to talk about actually a story that happened to you in a gym recently. Oh, yeah. Why don't you share that with yeah. our listeners? I haven't heard the story either, uh, so I'm listening to it together for the first time with the listeners. Go ahead. The morning after the big march a few days ago, I was in the gym, and uh, I mentioned to some of the guys that I was in Chumash the day before. So one of the men who is obviously not in my political camp, he's a leftist, wasn't very impressed that I went to Chumash. And he kind of sneered and said, oh, those people. I said, yes, those people are the best we have. And he, didn't, he wasn't very impressed. And I uh, said, listen, instead of destroying a yeshiva and a Jewish community as a, as a response to killing a, a beautiful Jewish man, why don't you, why don't you destroy the, the, the hostile Arab village and, and expel those people what do you expel the victims for? Expel the, the murderers. That'll send a message. He didn't like that approach. And then he said, uh, you know, um, you, you, you people will be the, the last ones in the country eventually. That's it. What he meant was that people like me and people who want to rebuild Homesh, we fanatics who won't compromise are going to cause the other enlightened, moderate Israelis like him to leave and we'll be all alone and it's not going to be viable. That's what I understood from, 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 his, from his statement. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you hear it sometimes. Um, and I said to him, you know what? I think maybe you're right. This is a time of a decision, of separation, of Jews who believe, Jews who care, people with roots, without roots. Our tree falls. I said, it could very well be that we're coming to a point where people like you and are leaving and will leave, and uh, the only Jews left will be those who really believe and really care. And that, that I think, is really, really the story today in Israel. What was his reply you... to that? Uh, nothing. He just kind of walked away. <laughs> because these are secular Jews who really, you know, if they're, they're born in Israel, so fine, they're Israeli. But if they were born in Italy, they'd be Italians. Like, they don't really, it's not really that uh, important to them, perhaps. By the way, this same fellow I know on Yom Kippur went for a vacation to Greece. So, so much for his Jewish uh, <laughs> values. I, I don't know. Uh, listen, it's a very strong divide in Israel. You've got today, I would say in Israel, there are two main camps. There is a camp that wants a Jewish country. There's a camp that wants a state of all its citizens as close to New York City or London as possible. Nothing particularly Jewish about it, and anything Jewish bothers them. In fact, the whole struggle against Jewish settlement in the, in the biblical heartland is threatened to them because it reminds them of the connection between us and the land that is biblical. And anything biblical, anything spiritual, uh, anything Jewish really bothers many of them. And, they're, they're, and, and the left-wing parties in Israel today are post-Zionist, post-Jewish. They're working against 
a Jewish country. Now that is a, 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 a statement I wouldn't have said 40 years ago. Okay, hang on. We have to go to a break. We're going to be right back. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. This is Shai Bentico, and each week I'll be webcasting to you from Judea, origin of the word Jew, a people besieged and beleaguered in every generation. Nazi Germany is but a memory, but in its place the world invented the phantom Palestinians as this generation's internationally authorized Jew killers. Tune in for a different slant on life in Israel. Phantom Nation, every Monday. Hi, I'm Rabbi David Aaron. The soul basics are the most profound, the most essential, and yet often the most neglected in our education. Join me for Soul Talk on Israel's News Talk Radio and discover the secrets to love, spiritual growth, and personal power. We are back here at the Tamar Yonah Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Our guest is Shalom Pollock. He's a tour guide, a book author. He's done so many things in his life. Very interesting. He has a lot to say about the situation here in Israel under the Naftali government and the, I should say, the weak and uh, House of Cards Naftali government. In the last segment, you were talking to us about uh, again, how weak the government was, how the Arabs are uh, support the Muslim Brotherhood that are in the Knesset. Um, in this last segment, where would you like to take us, Shalom? To prayer. <laughs> we have to pray. We have to pray. This, this, this Israeli society is um, at a crossroads. It's been at a crossroads for a while, but there are some some precedents and there have been precedents over the years that you wouldn't think would have happened the oslo accords putting out a a carpet for arafat bringing him into the heart of the land of israel in 1993 2005 the destruction of so many jewish communities handing them over to the, the hamas and now in the israeli government there is officially a muslim brotherhood party that supports hamas and it's where's it going to go now joe israeli the average israeli knows something is very wrong they they now know Oslo was a lie they now know the destruction 2005 was wrong they know it they know it but they are not rising up and they're not changing it because the powers that be have power they're holding on to the to 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 the levers of power in the courts and academia and the media and and only a few people, relatively few, will march in the rain. The others will watch it and say, yeah, good. Yeah, I agree. They're probably right. The masses have not been sparked on to rise up. But I think it's going to happen. There is a process going on. And the Arab party in the Knesset is another red line that was crossed. Most people think it's crazy. And we just are waiting for true Jewish leadership. And we have to do what we can do, each one in his own part. This government hopefully will be the last one that will, that will 
have anti-Jewish elements in it, both Arabs and Jewish, which are post, post-Zionist, post-Jewish elements. Am Yisrael, Amcha has to wake up. I think that many more people today uh, know the emperor has no clothes and we have to do our part. God Maybe does you can rest. explain to our listeners who are not familiar with the term post-Zionism and post-Zionist. Okay. Well, um, Zionist means that a, a Jew believes that he should live in this, in this country, in this land, the God-given land. Non-Jews can be Zionists by supporting it and believing it as well. But it's, it's a Jewish movement, Zionism which basically is a biblical movement. It's uh, in, in modern political uh, parlance. And it says, Jews, come back to your land, period. Build it up, defend it, and I would say, fill it with Jewish content, Jewish spiritual content, cultural content. Now, the secular in this country, in the past, have agreed to the national um, social message of Zionism. Yes, we need a country, we build it up. Um, they never brought the spiritual idea, connecting it with the, with the Bible and God. But that didn't prevent them from being loyal Israelis. We've come to a point today where what was once a marginal, marginal, quiet uh, corner of the left that didn't want a Jewish country, this is now... Um, um, a much broader, much broader group, and through their actions, they show that they do not want a Jewish country. They talk about democratic Jewish, democratic Jewish, with, democratic with a capital D, and Jewish with tiny, tiny, tiny letters, and even that bothers them. The truth of the matter is, this group does not want a Jewish country. I am certain that these these Jews on the left, while much comfortable sharing a meal with with Arabs who don't want a Jewish country than with me because they can't stand the likes of me and what I represent. I remind them this is a Jewish country that God promised us and they don't want to think about it. This is the cultural gap that is, that is becoming clearer in Israel today. When I first came to this country, that wasn't as clear. It's becoming clearer. There is a, there is a clear separation between those that want a Jewish country and all that entails, you can argue what that might entail, and those who don't want a Jewish country. Like I said, they want their country to look like New York or London, then they'll be happy. Right, they're internationalists more. And it's interesting because there were a lot more left-wing Jews in, uh, you know, in the early stages of the state of Israel, but they weren't like the left today. They were patriotic Jews. They loved Israel and they fought for Israel. Our military leaders were all connected to the left, but it, again, it was not the left that we see today. And, and as you said, that they want to erase everything. I remember when uh, Oslo came out and Yasser Arafat became like the the most uh, desired guest to have in the left-wing circles. They wanted to have him at their parties in Tel Aviv, these you know, ultra-lefties, and, uh, and how they were fawning over Yasser Arafat to be, to be a guest of theirs. It was sick. It was really, really sick, an arch-terrorist. But uh, in the last uh, five minutes that we have, um, you've been active with uh, fighting something that's going on right now with Yad Vashem, where they had a picture of the Mufti of Jerusalem who was sitting with Adolf Hitler. This was during World War, or just before World War II. And during, during. 
during. And, uh, and it's a famous picture. Many Israelis are, are, are familiar with it. And it used to be, you said it used to be hanging prominently in Yad Vashem to show that it wasn't just the Nazis who wanted a final solution against Jewish people, but also the so-called Palestinian Liberation Organization, even though it didn't exist then, but he was representing the Arabs in the land of Israel. Um, they wanted to see a final solution for the Jewish people. And now you're saying that you've been visiting Yad Vashem and that picture was taken down. Why don't you tell us more about that? I am waging a one-man campaign against Yad Vashem to restore truth to Yad Vashem. In the old, there is a new Yad Vashem, a new museum that was expanded uh, in 2005. Before then, for, t- for dozens of years, there was the old one that I visited hundreds of times. In the old one, there was a big picture of Hitler and Hajamin Husseini, who was the father of the Palestinian people, as Arafat calls him. Um, and he decided to spend the war years in Berlin to be the number one Arab Nazi in the world. He raised SS troops, Muslim troops for the Nazis. He planned with Himmler to make a concentration camp to kill all the Jews of this land once Rommel beats the British in Egypt. He was lockstep with them, and um, he was the Arab voice of the Nazis in the Second World War. In the old Yad Vashem, that was, that was prominent, that was explained. But the post-Oslo Yad Vashem, where the Arabs no longer are our enemies, they are peace partners, they have to recreate or, or hide history. And in the new Yad Vashem, in Yad Vashem, I noticed this picture was gone. In its place is a picture of Husseini with Himmler, not Hitler, and a small dark corner no one sees. And I've been fighting this battle for years, and uh, it's heating up again. I decided to go back into the fray because there's a new chairman, Danny Dayan, who is an appointee of the New Hope Party and part of the current coalition, the the ones who uh, made a coalition with the Arabs. And um, he's now the boss, and I had a meeting with him in his office. He was brutal. And his, his aide denied there ever was a picture in Yad Vashem at all of, of Husseini and Hitler. He said, go prove it. Of course, you weren't allowed to take, take uh, your camera into Yad Vashem, but I have affidavits of many people, guides and, like myself and others who saw it. And he puts out a statement um, for Yad Vashem to the whole world. There never was such a picture. Lie. A former employee of Yad Vashem, just, just retired, wrote me a letter saying that he saw the photo. He then retracted his statement to Breitbart News after Breitbart wrote an article about it, and he retracted his statement. He said, no, 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 I, ne- I, ne- I never saw it, I never saw it. He's being pressured. It's, it's, it's very murky, very, very uh, sad. And first of all, on the, on the ideological level, to hide this from the people of the world, they visit Yad Vashem, the millions of people who don't see this photo anymore and don't get the connection between the Arabs, the, the father of the Palestinian people, and Hitler and Himmler, they don't see it, and they, they're hiding it. And now, to make it worse, they're lying about it. <laughs> and, and, and this is my campaign. I want to bring truth back to Yad Vashem. I am working on many fronts. I'm looking for people who can, who can uh, pressure Yad Vashem, maybe in the media, maybe donors, maybe politicians. I am fighting this alone. I'm looking for allies, and I do not intend to give up. I do not intend to give up. Well, you are a, uh, you are a uh, stallion. What can I tell you? Shalom Pollock. If anybody wants to get in touch with you, quickly give out your email. My email is Shalom Pollock, S-H-A-L-O-M, 
Pollock, P-O-L-L-A-C-K, 613 at gmail.com. Shalom Pollock, 613 at gmail.com. And I would recommend my book, which talks about all these issues and puts it into perspective. It's called Jews, Israelis, and Arabs. All right. And we will uh, post a uh, uh, the the email of Shalom on the uh, page where the show is podcasted. You can be in touch with them. Maybe you can even add them onto your email list, Shalom, when you send out your articles. I'm sure people will be interested. And I want to thank you for coming on the show today and discussing this issue, uh, where Israel is today under the Naftali uh, Bennett government with the uh, ultra-left and the Arabs and uh, the weakness of it because of this uh, unlikely coalition of people together. They don't belong together. It's the right wing also under his party, Yamina. So thank you for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you very much, and thank you for your listening. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. Just click the orange button at the top of the IsraelNewsTalkRadio.home page, log in as yourself or an anonymous guest, and join in on the fun. You'll meet other listeners from all over the world who listen to Israel News Talk Radio, and you can make new friends. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. It's the closest you can get to being in the studio with us. We love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candlelighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel. Plus, little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 